Not all that long ago, in a galaxy not too far away, it is a period of peril. Genetic kidney disease and high blood pressure are waging war against Josh's kidneys. During the battle, the self-identifying Jedi makes a plea for the ultimate lifesaver, a kidney transplant. Inspired by wanting to help others, a self-identifying stormtrooper intercepts the call that could save a life and restore balance to the Force. You know, Star Wars is about family. It's about good overcoming evil. You know, good always wins out in the end. That's always kind of been my thing. You know, I, I, I like be dressing up as a stormtrooper, but I'm more like a Luke Skywalker stormtrooper. I'm here to rescue you. That's Barry Benicky, a Star Wars superfan who donated his kidney to a fellow fan, Josh Weiselberg, who lives nearly a galaxy away. I'm Sarah Jane Castro, Director of Marketing and Communications for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, and I'm your host for this edition of The Journey Continues. I'd like to start with a little bit of history and context. Josh, what did you know about kidney disease before you were diagnosed? My father had a hereditary condition that my grandfather probably passed away from, and Then um, more was learned so my father could have dialysis and then eventually needing a transplant. I had worried that this would affect me as well. So when did you know that something was wrong or something was amiss, I guess? I had an aneurysm while I was working out in the gym in college. It can be caused by the high blood pressure. And it put me into a state where I had to be kept in an artificial coma. The uh, reports came back that it was caused by the restricted blood flow from my kidneys. That sounds very scary to be in the gym and be hit by an aneurysm all of a sudden, especially at a young age. What did the doctors tell you about treatment and your prognosis? I had then about 50% of my kidney function left, and I would be needing to look at dialysis and transplants as options, also start my high blood pressure medicines. Did you know at that time that you would eventually need a transplant? I was worried about it. So I want to hear a little bit about your Star Wars fandom. What role does uh, Star Wars play in your life? I was a fan of the story since I was like four years old. I became a huge fan of the action figures. Actually, when my father had his transplant and I was left at home as my mom stayed with him in the hospital, I was able to set up our entire home as different Star Wars environments and put my action figures all over his room, his office, and everywhere else in the house, and uh, make my ships fly into hyperspace, whereas I could go to different rooms for different battles. I had all these figures and all these toys that um, were brought back in 1995 as they started to re-release the modern collection, and I had my own place, so I had a chance to set up more permanent dioramas, and I always wanted to do that. So. I had a chance to connect with people like Barry and made new friends on a website for Star Wars collecting. Well, that's fantastic. Sounds like a great community where you all share a love of something that means a lot to you. Is there a particular character from the franchise you identify with most? Han Solo. Okay. All right. That's a good one. (laughs) What about Han Solo speaks to you? 
he doesn't have any special powers and he just slips by by the skin of his teeth and he ends up doing the right things even when he's kind of been beaten down and life hasn't been fair to him and he's winds up working uh, stint jobs for criminals like Chapa the Hutt. His best friend is a um, unexpected companion, Chewbacca, who he never would have thought he'd been partnered with as we learned his plans originally had been with Kira. So you mentioned that you and Barry connected on this message board for fellow collectors. Had you interacted often on that, those sites? Yeah, I became friends with Barry 10 years before he was my kidney donor. I had no idea that this would be going on. The boards were designed to break into different subject matter, and we're both baseball fans. Um, he's a Cub. I'm a Padre. And um, I was raised as a Cub fan by my grandfather, who I was closest to. So that resonated with me. And I liked the Cubs, and we talked baseball. But we um, also learned our moms had cancer at the same time. Barry will go into a little bit more about that. But um, both our mothers passed within a year of each other. And we were talking about that in private conversations. I had already lost my father for the hereditary kidney disease. So I had some idea of what Barry was going through. So we were able to talk about Star Wars and, you know, what's shipping to what stores for our action figure hobby about every new baseball season and um, just tried to make some jokes and lighten the mood because of things that we were going through and more serious stuff we'd also discussed too. So walk us through how Barry ended up being your donor. From what I understand, you posted to the message board that you were in need of a kidney. Can you talk us through what went through your mind? How did you come to that decision? Well, I'm an author, and I actually had been wanting to write Star Wars comics or books uh, originally before I started my own series. I uh, had gone into writing book reviews and uh, comic reviews for all the Star Wars Expanded Universe material. I had um, a little bit of a following, and I was public about not being able to continue doing it for a while or where I'd been after my aneurysm. So I'd said I was looking at possibly the end of my life expectancy if I didn't go through with this. I was not a big fan of going on dialysis or having a transplant. It's just what we have to do. That was a difficult moment for me, but I felt like, okay, I'll tell the community because we were all behind screen names, kind of um, assumed Star Wars character names. And it was a good place to sort of anonymously air things out and um, chat with folks saying, hey, this is why I'm not continuing these comic and book reviews, but I'd love to get back to it. But I'm kind of stuck in the hospital. and. Um, I'm not keeping up with things, and I'll be back if I can be. And if I can't, I just wanted to let people know what happened. So when you posted that, was your hope for someone to step up as a donor, or was it just kind of a, hey, this is, a, this is what's going on with me sort of situation? The latter. You know, I was already friends with Barry and talking to him, and it had been, at that point, probably about seven years into our friendship. Barry hadn't... Uh, said anything at that point about being a kidney donor, but he wouldn't have had the, the thought occur to him because I had just posted this. And um, I um, got a response back from him saying he'd like to help because we'd been talking about our moms and he 
said, you know, what do you need? I was skeptical because he was in Chicago. I was in San Diego. And I had friends stepping up to volunteer locally. But I'm a difficult blood type to match. You had to be uh, the same blood type. Barry was my same blood type. So I was like, okay, I'll keep that in mind. But this is a guy I knew by his screen name and he by mine that I'd never met in person and, you know, just checked what was shipping to Target and Walmart with. I um, was learning what was uh, going on in the Star Wars community, having some chats about the next baseball season. And we were deep into talking about our issues with our moms. That was for sure. But he was still relatively a stranger, uh, even though we'd had some more personal conversation. And I had no idea that um, he'd step up and expect um, anyone to help from the Star Wars community. So I was surprised when he offered. And he'll tell you more about what motivated him, I'm sure. But um, I was a stranger. We had a little bit of a friendly chat relationship. It's interesting because today I want kidney uh, recipients or people in need of transplants to know that their social networks are mm -hmm. powerful places. I'm just speechless at, at how a near stranger could answer that call. How did that feel for you to have this, this person that, yeah, you'd connected with, but like you said, you don't really know, step up and volunteer to do something like this? Curious. And at first I thought that he just might be trying to say something to make me feel better. And I was running out of options because I was an O positive and not really matching up to anybody I knew, even though I had, um, you know, a few serious volunteers. So Barry, I want to hear from you. Why did you decide to donate your kidney to Josh, this guy you only knew through a screen name and through the computer? What prompted you to, to step up in this way? Uh, there were um, several factors. The largest one was um, losing in 2005. My mom passed from cancer after battling uh, colorectal cancer for about uh, five years. And just watching her and feeling helpless to help her, the only thing I could do is be moral support for my mom. And then when she passed, I just, I just felt so helpless. And then um, I, I read that post by Josh about, you know, basically he had two years to live. And I just, I just remembered I was, my, my eyes were just welling up with tears. I just remember crying and crying and I'm typing this, you know, message. I said, I'm willing to donate. I don't, but I don't have a clue of what's involved in donating. Uh, Barry, what about your love of Star Wars inspired you to give? You've mentioned your mom, but what about Star Wars was inspirational to you? You know, Star Wars is about family. It's about good overcoming evil. You know, good always wins out in the end. And so that's always kind of been my thing. You know, I, I, I like be dressing up as a stormtrooper, but I'm more like a Luke Skywalker stormtrooper. I'm here to rescue you, you know, <laughs> instead, instead of pew, 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 you know. <laughs> You you asked Josh earlier about uh, what characters he uh, he liked in Star Wars, and for me, it's always been the stormtroopers. I mean, I, I remember as a kid at age twelve going to the theater and seeing Star Wars, and just seeing the stormtroopers come blasting onto the ship, and I was like, I want to be a stormtrooper, and so now I am. So. <laughs> 
And that's so interesting to me that you identify with the stormtroopers when it you are certainly much more a uh, a Luke Skywalker coming in to help, and you're using the good in the world to balance the force. You're not coming in with your your blasters. Yeah. So what is involved in a cross country donation? Josh mentioned he's in San Diego. You're in Chicago. What is involved in that process? Well, I remember uh, Josh basically you're sending me a private message saying, if you're serious about your offer to donate, here's a number to call. They'll tell you the next step. So I called that number and they, they I was sent a, a box with some vials in it that I took to this lab, which was at the time was like two blocks from my house. And I took the, the vials there, they drew some blood, shipped them off to somewhere in California. And then I, I get this phone call. I pick it up and the guy says, I've got some news for you. You're a match for this kidney recipient. And he says, I, the question I have for you is, are you still willing to go through with this? I said, yeah, yes. So then he sent me the information on, on some of the tests I have to go through. And then uh, it felt like it took, I don't know, a year and a half to get through all these tests that, you know, It'd be like you'd be tested and then you'd get a call a few weeks later. Okay, that you pass that test. Now it's, you know, we need you to test for this and basically checking on the health of your kidney, making sure that your both your kidneys were, were healthy and, and uh, making sure your head was in the right place. I remember going through a, a questioning session with uh, the, one of the coordinators to make sure that I was doing this for the right reasons. And then one day I get the call that we were uh, we were a go and I was flown out to California and uh, I met Josh for the first time in person. He picked me up at the airport. He had a guest room at his apartment, so I just stayed there. And then he would drive me to, to cause I had to undergo more tests once I got out to California. And, uh, and then we'd have like a day off and he'd show me around San Diego and it was beautiful out there, nice and warm. <laughs> So what was that like meeting for the first time? You've kind of been a support system for each other as your parents are ill. You've developed this bond across the country. What was that like to meet in person for the first time? Uh, I think it was kind of surreal at first because, you know, it was all of a sudden this this went from just planning and testing to now it was getting close to actually happening. We got to the day right before the uh, surgery was scheduled and it was this was October of 2008 I remember we were given the green light and I flew my had my wife flown out and my son because I was going to need someone to take care of me after this after the transplant you know to drive me around because I wouldn't be able to drive for a few days and then we went through this cross match of our blood where they mix our blood in a vial and look for interactions and I get this call from the coordinator saying that Josh's blood was um, attacking my blood, which meant there was a high chance that we do went ahead and did the surgery that his body would reject my kidney. I just, I remember getting off the phone and I just started crying, getting very emotional because, you know, I, I'd spoken with Josh over, you know, in person and then actually, you know, met him and we had gone around California. And then, he, you know, I went to one of his dialysis sessions. I was thinking, I went through all these years of tests and here it was coming down to it. And all of a sudden it was put on hold. I was devastated. 
Um, however, the next morning, the, the morning that we were actually supposed to have the transplant, I got a call saying that it didn't mean that it was the, the end of the, the road for this story. So what kept you going when these obstacles presented themselves? Well, a stormtrooper always finishes his mission. So I assume you identify as a stormtrooper. I actually dress as a stormtrooper. I do fundraising for the American Cancer Society in my stormtrooper armor. I'm a member of the 501st Legion, which is a worldwide costuming club. And we dress as bad guys, and we're known as the bad guys that do good. Little did I know that becoming a member of the 501st would end up becoming the ultimate good by donating this kidney to a fellow uh, Star Wars fan. So they've given Josh this treatment. They've made sure all your midichlorians are aligned. That's another one for my Star Wars nerds out there. When were you able to actually donate and, and undergo surgery? I had to um, fly back out. I believe we got back to California. My wife and I flew out together on February 1st. And then on February 2nd, we had to go, go through some of the tests over again just to make sure nothing had changed. And then so February 3rd was the, uh, was the transplant day. Josh, what was going on for you during that time Barry talked about where um, you were undergoing treatment and you weren't sure if he was able to be your donor? How were you feeling at that time? I was very depressed when Barry was leaving to go back to Chicago. I had to return to dialysis after I'd said goodbye to some of the other patients and the nurses that had been there for me. And then I was returning and there was a great taco shop that was outside of the dialysis center. I was over there and indulging, not wanting to go in for my treatment when the director came out and sat down with me. It was um, a mixed feeling about that. I got some support, but also they had a schedule to keep because I had my time slot before they had to make room for the next patient. I also felt like I was part of the machine and it was just a process and I was alone. You know, my personhood basically gone. And I was just feeding the uh, medical industrial complex. So it must have felt pretty incredible then when you see that Barry's, he's not giving up. He's going to, he's sticking with you. He's still in this. He's still willing to donate. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought I wouldn't see him again, that this was over and done with, and he'd been my last hope. But in fact, he was a new hope. Sorry, I'm going to have to keep shoehorning in Star Wars references. <laughs> uh, okay, so you undergo surgery on February 3rd. Josh, how did you feel post-surgery? You've got a stormtrooper's kidney now in your Han Solo body. How do you feel? I felt very supportive and very much feeling alive and hopeful again because my doctor was there for me. Dr. Marsh and Dr. Fisher at Scripps were very supportive. He wore his Dark Lord of the Sith, which he said was his Dark Lord of the Surgery shirt. It was a Darth Vader tee and came down to see me in that during pre-op. I guess it was a four-hour surgery, but it felt really fast for me. And, you know, the docs were funny and they were very supportive. Barry, how did you feel post-surgery? Kind of the same thing, the same as Josh, only, you know, no joking doctors. But when I remember waking up and and I'm not, I don't feel any pain because the pain suppressants they give you are great. You know, I'm like, oh my goodness, they didn't they didn't do the surgery. You know, my they must have did something and found out that 
my kidney I was going to donate was bad after all. And I remember the coordinator for the scripts, my coordinator, I think her name was Jamie. She comes up and she says, Josh is doing good. Your kidney is producing urine. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> so we did have the surgery. The first day I felt great. Then the, they, you start coming off the, the pain and, and you're like, oh, so this is what they mean by, you know, when you read other recipients, other people had given their kidney, they tell you there's, there's a little bit of pain afterwards, but it was, I, if I had to do it over again, I would, I'd be more than willing to. That's wonderful. I hear that from so many donors that if I had another kidney to give, I'd do it again, which I think is just so incredible. So Josh, what's your relationship with Barry like now? We're best friends. I really kind of gained a brother. We talk pretty much every week or every other week about baseball, Star Wars, things going on in the world. Um, so we check in pretty regularly. And there's also new Star Wars shows on television. Looking forward to Obi-Wan Kenobi after successful runs of The Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Yeah, I am as well. I cannot get enough of little Grogu. He's so cute. And I know that's not the point, but that's that's why I show up. <laughs> So you're 13 years post-transplant now. Uh, Josh, what advice do you have for those who are still waiting? They're waiting for their kidney transplant, their donor, their, their new brother, as you've put it, to show up and donate. Don't stop living. In fact, working towards bettering your life will better your life. Uh, I did not intend to find a kidney donor by enjoying my star wars hobby online mm -hmm. but if people are active and meeting more people there have the opportunities to going to meet others who can help and enrich their lives whether or not this happens star wars and baseball are two of the top interests of mine that might not be the same case for everyone of course but whatever they're involved in will bring new associations and new happiness and new distractions from the everyday life of worry about what's going to happen, whether it be dialysis or transplant or the eventual end we all face, but they're going to have better moments before that. I think that's fantastic advice. To, it sounds like sharing your story can lead to unexpected miracles, and it sounds like having that connection and that uh, support through a community is so important to keep going and keep living your life. Barry, what advice do you have for those who might consider living donation? If you're, if you're feeling moved to uh, help out another person, do whatever's on your heart. I mean, this was very heavy on my heart, being able to help Josh also helped heal my heart from you know, not being able to help my mom. Now I just look at it as my mom, mm -hmm. You know, if she was here, she'd be very happy that I did this. Do whatever's on your heart, whether it be to make a donation to the National Kidney Foundation or whatever. I mean, Josh and I have, we've, we've had a, a, a great friendship afterwards. I mean, even more so than we, when we were on the forums, we've gone to, uh, oh, about, what, eight, nine Cubs games, Josh, together. Some Anaheim Angels games. Uh, we went to two Star Wars celebrations, one in Anaheim and one out here in Chicago. It's been great. You know, I got a friend out of the deal, so hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It sounds like you both have 
found a, a confidant in one another and a lifelong friend. It's really heartwarming to hear how that, that connection can be made. Well, I want to thank our guests, Barry Binicky and Josh Weiselberg, for sharing their story of fandom, friendship, and living donation with us. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a living donor, visit the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois website at nkfi.org. And may the force be with you. I'm Sarah Jane Castro, and this is The Journey Continues. Prevention is a key part of our mission at NKFI. That's why at the end of each episode, Dr. Melissa Prest offers a health or nutrition tip. Here's today's nutrition tip about dining out. For people living with chronic kidney disease, dining outside of the home or ordering takeout can feel stressful because it can be difficult to navigate the menu for kidney-friendly food options. So how can you enjoy dining out and keep your kidney diet in mind? Do some homework before you order your food or eat at the restaurant. Many restaurants now include nutrition information on their websites or menus to help consumers make healthier for them food choices. Soups, sauces, and salad dressings will likely have added salt, so be sure to check the nutrition information, if available, before you order. And you can always call the restaurant and ask if it's possible to prepare the menu item you desire without added salt. When you do order, do it with a kidney-friendly plate in mind by ordering a small mixed green salad dressed with oil and vinegar, a steamed vegetable side, a healthy protein that's baked or steamed, and a grain serving. If going with a plant-based protein option like a veggie burger, ask if any preservatives have been added as these may increase the phosphorus and sodium content. A safe sauce choice for most people following a kidney-friendly diet is olive oil and garlic over rice or noodles. Be sure to keep your portions in check and ask for a to-go container when your food arrives. Put half of your main dish in the container before you even start to eat, or if you're getting takeout, portion out your meal on your own plates instead of eating out of the container. The National Kidney Foundation has a great resource called Dining Out with Confidence for people in CKD stages one through four and on dialysis. This resource can be found at kidney.org or you can call the NKFI office for a printed copy to be mailed to you. With today's nutrition tip, I'm Melissa Press, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. The Journey Continues is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and sponsored by Donate Life Illinois. To learn more about kidney disease and living donation, visit www.nkfi.org. To register to become an eye, tissue, and organ donor, visit lifegoeson.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to and leave a review for The Journey Continues in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. This podcast is produced by Rivet. To hear more great podcasts, visit rivet360.com.